Welcome back to another episode of American Graffiti, one song at a time. One more episode, one more song, and it's a Friday episode. That means that next week you will have another DJ. But before then, you're not free of me yet. You have one more day of listening to me, Tierney Steele, talk about the movie American Graffiti, specifically this segment where the band is playing She's So Fine. And I've got a couple people here to help me with that today. Please welcome Jonathan and Tabitha Carlisle. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. It's so good to talk to you guys again. I really, really missed getting to just hang out at Movies by Minutes meetups and guest on your guys' shows and have you guest on mine. This is very exciting. Yeah, it is. It feels like it just feels like it's been a long time. <laughs> long time. A long time. <laughs> I, have to, I have to follow up my own long time. <laughs> Has to be done. Has to be done. Fun fact that I will probably edit out, but um, we're actually looking at buying a house. And every time I see one that's 94, I'm like, well, we have to move there. And my husband's like, that's not how you choose how to buy it. Like, <laughs> that in no way factors into it. It's George Lucas. It's related. Yeah. Let's let's uh, hone in on George Lucas's American Graffiti, though. Am I remembering correctly, Tabitha, that you had not seen this movie before? No, this was the first time I've seen it. Ooh, how about you, Jonathan? Yeah. It was not the first time, but the first time was not that long ago. Uh, it just Ooh. so happened it was like it was within this last year, and uh, there's been so much talk about it. I was like, well, I guess I got to sit down and watch it at some point. <laughs> and uh, that was before I knew anybody was going to do a podcast about it. So I at least got a, a nice uh, second time around. Nice. It was just in the air. Are we part of a zeitgeist? <laughs> yeah, with all the George Lucas and uh, Steven Spielberg stuff. Anytime mm. you talk about movies from 80s, 70s, you know, that kind of stuff. But American Graffiti just kind of pops in there. So it's like, well, I got to watch it. <laughs> you have to. And then I asked you to be on a podcast and it was... See, it was all worth it, guys. So <laughs> that leads me to my next question. What did you think? I liked it. I liked it. It was, um, I know every song from the movie, except for the one that we have today. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, which song is ours? Oh, it's the only song I don't know. Um, and then I enjoyed seeing so many of these actors and actresses when they were younger. That was, that's fun. I enjoyed it. Just overall, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was a fun genre. Right up until like the very end when they put up where the where are they now stuff, which I usually mm. enjoy, but it was a total downer. <laughs> I was like, what? You can't end it like that. Like, <laughs> And Lucas said, watch me. <laughs> I know. I was just like, oh, you're feeling good now here. <laughs> like, oh. But I really, I really liked, I liked the movie. It was good. <laughs> I would have to say that uh, sticking on brand with you, Tierney, that Close Encounters of the Third Kind is l is less alien to me than this movie is. Okay, <laughs> I love I, it. I uh, just yeah, just what the teenagers are doing on a on yeah, it's 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 just not not my experience as a teenager with the whole cruising through town and and just all the things that they're they're trying to do. It like makes me nervous to watch because I'm like that's that's not that's not what you're supposed to do or you know just I don't know. Oh no! I I had a 
I mean, we didn't call it cruising. It wasn't like this, obviously. But I had a town that like had the main road that went through. And so I was explaining to someone like, it wasn't that you cruised up and down and saw other kids driving. It was that you drove up and down the street and looked for cars you recognized. To find your friends hanging out, oh, you know, okay, in the days yeah. before everyone was carrying a cell phone with them at all times. <laughs> that makes more sense because Jonathan and I have talked about that. He's like cruising. I just don't even get it. And I had I had my three friends and that's all I needed. So I didn't need to know. <laughs> I didn't need to go find them. I knew where they were. Yeah. And, and the, in the town that I went to school, I mean, they had like a main, uh, you know, it was a small town and they had a main downtown and people would cruise up and down. Or park someplace, you know, or whatever. There'd be people walking downtown. It wasn't exactly, you know, it wasn't as much as what you see in American Graffiti, but it was still a lot of that. And you're looking for your friends. And I hadn't really yeah. thought about that not being as much of a big deal now because kids have cell phones and you just call up whoever and that maybe that doesn't happen as much anymore. But yeah, it was a thing. It was a thing when I was a teenager. Yeah, I absolutely love there's a podcast called Still Buffering that is three sisters talking about teen things. And the the gimmick is that there is a huge age gap between the two older sisters and the younger one. Like they are in their mid late 30s and she is in college age gap. So they started this podcast where they were introducing her to like all this old pop culture. And now she introduces them to stuff, which is really cute. Like here's a YouTube ukulele star. And they and they discuss it. They're very open minded. I love it. But I, I can't remember what they were talking about. It was a movie or TV show. And she said something about how unrealistic it was, you know, that the teens were looking or having trouble meeting up or something. And just the disbelief in her voice when Sydney was like, no, you didn't know where your friends, you'd call their house and talk to their parents. And if they weren't there, who knew? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, well, I was very curious to see um, if either of you had any stories of school dances since Lady listeners, we are still at the dance. The boys have just set off a cherry bomb in the bathroom toilet <laughs> that sends them all scurrying back out into the gymnasium. I do not remember this, but I also, I mentioned before on the show, I went to like one homecoming dance in high school. And then the only other dances I went to were the formals, like prom and stuff. So this, this part is the alien part to me where I'm like, okay. And I kind of remember like middle school dances, but no one was this brave. <laughs> middle school dance. I went to school dances. I loved to dance. So I went to dances as often as I could. I, I lived like 40 minutes away from my school. So that was a little bit of a hindrance before I could drive. But often I'd stay the night at a friend's and go to the, go to the dance. And um, we didn't have a formal homecoming, like a, a semi-formal homecoming. So the only formal dress dance would be prom, you know, and that was a whole different thing. But I don't know, regular dances, you know, obviously we dance different than in this movie. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. I do remember that every single dance they always played Lady in Red, like, every time. And it was, like, this sad, depressing end of the night if you didn't have a date or anything. You also didn't want to get caught with someone's kid sister at that moment. Like, oh, no. I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> but that, I do remember that. Yeah, I loved school dances. Uh, I did. I did not. I, I went to a couple in middle school, but the only high school dance I went to was my senior high homecoming dance. 
was like, okay, like I, I wasn't really into it, but I was like, just with my friends, you know, s- senior year, a lot of people try to expand their friend group. Just <laughs> like, oh, this is our last year together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I tried to do that, went to dinner and then went to the dance. And then at the end of the night, found out that at some point in the process, I had lost my wallet. And I was like, well, that's mm-hmm. it for me. No oh. more dances. Oh. <laughs> that's next. <laughs> That's actually the the intent though behind the night was beautiful because I feel like I had the opposite where by senior year my friends who had significant others had totally branched off and like you never saw them outside of school anymore and then it really was just like me and my best friend we'd always been part of this huge group of people and then senior year my only memories are like yep Jerry and I hanging out. <laughs> like going to um we had it was not like mel's it was nowhere near as cool but there is a chain restaurant in my hometown uh and and other towns too wow um i'm explaining this horribly because growing up i thought that duchess was a super famous chain completely on par with mcdonald's and burger king and when i informed my now husband of this he laughed so hard and it turns out it's only like in my home county (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but to me it was just like oh there are a bunch of them i didn't realize they were all within an hour of each other but there was a i'll never forget there was a woman who worked at the duchess jerry and i would go to like 15 minutes before closing and she hated us <laughs> she hated us because she knew we had nothing better to do <laughs> so we just come to get fries and chicken sandwiches <laughs> 15 minutes before closing yes <laughs> I mean, now as an adult, I get it, but (laughs) by senior year, we were doing the bare minimum to be involved, to like have our extracurriculars to get into college, and that was it. One thing I did notice in this dance scene, um, and we we can talk about the band in just a second, but there's an awful lot of yellow going on. Oh, you're right. And pea green. Like that greenish, I don't. I don't know what it was if they just had a but I was trying to see if like these were sweaters for like the cheerleading squad or something, you know, like something that would explain why so many people were wearing the same colors. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were just trying to put a few bright spots into the room since it's already, you know, just for the film since it's already dimmed, Mm. you know, a bit in there, just brighten it up a little. It might just be a little bit with that accidentally got a shot where there's like five of them next to each other (laughs) right Uh, okay i'm so glad it wasn't just me though because this is folks if you're watching at home and care that color that yellow with the greenish tinge literally the only color i cannot wear and (laughs) i know like i'm using the air quotes like wear whatever you want who cares what it looks like on you oh i'm telling you i've put on sweaters this color and my father thought i had fallen ill <laughs> like yeah. I cannot. and so i was like maybe i'm just being oversensitive to it because i can't wear it that color doesn't work well on me either that and like lavender just makes me look washed out and pale yeah it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't look They're well definitely, yeah i mean everyone has colors they look better or worse in but this one i literally have been like do you need to lie down? Are you okay? And I'm like, <laughs> I guess I'll never wear this again. <laughs> um, and there's also in that same shot, a lot of guys rocking the John Milner look with their white t-shirts. Makes yeah. sense. A little bit of greaser. Yeah, just a little bit. And then um, we have a pan across of the band. So within the film, they are Herbie and the Heartbeats. 
They are actually Flash Cadillac and the Continental Kids. And one of them is the sweatiest man I've ever seen in my life. Yes, they are very sweaty. (laughs) Yeah. He holds on it just to make sure that this poor boy can never, like, use this as his claim to fame. So before we get to our dashing duos, our couples therapy in the other side of the room, let's really quickly talk about this song. And I say really quickly because here's what I have to say about this song. It's called She's So Fine, and it's an original composition by this band. We've been referencing, you know, Buddy Holly and Bill Haley. And yeah, this is written in 1972. (laughs) little bit different (laughs) yeah they did a good job though in the way that it does i mean it fits in it's a good genre you know song but yeah it's just it it sounds like a very uh like a formulated song yeah yeah this is a band that they i think this band in reality they do covers of this Mm. era and so they made their own song of the era and so it fits it sounds like everything else they do but it doesn't have any jazz to it it doesn't have any yeah I was going to ask because before doing this project, it would never have occurred. To- I just figured this was a song from the era that I just happened not to know because on the soundtrack, there are several songs credited to them because they're the performers. So like Louie Louie and stuff like that is credited to Flash Cadillac and the Condal Kids. So I just assumed this was another one of those. <laughs> it never occurred to me that it was their own song. Like you said, it fits. I would have assumed it was just a lesser hit that wasn't getting played on the oldie station. Well, I did some research because I was like, well, there's got to be some other better She's So Fine songs out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily, my research, I didn't really follow through with the the better or worse. Um, <laughs> but I was You're looking at- You're not passing judgment. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, but I will say of the time frame of the movie, like the early 60s, this was what, 1962 is when this takes place. Uh, in 1962, there was "She's So Fine" by Big Boy Miles. I do prefer that version. It's not. It's not the same song. It's a different song, but it's called "She's So Fine." Is that like this? "She's So Fine" my 409 song? No. Oh. There's a lot of songs. I don't know what are, the name of that. "She's song So Fine" is. is actually a pretty generic title. There's a yeah. lot of songs that are. It is just 409. Which I only know because I'm a Beach Boys addict. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm really bad with titles. I know a lot of songs, but titles mm. are not my my area. <laughs> but, uh, Gifting. Probably better known than that is the 1963 uh, song called He's So Fine by the Chiffons. And I like I like listening to both of those better than I do than this song. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, Flash Chaperones Flash and Gordon. Charlie Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. All right. I was going to apologize for giving you guys this song, but that was beautiful. (laughs) Like Flash Gordon and the Sweaty Guys. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I kind of wish we were naming these episodes. (laughs) All right. Well, like we said, they're doing fine, Shrug. Um, People who are not doing as fine is Steve Bolander, a.k.a. Ron Howard's character. The things that truly brought me pure joy in this scene is Peg's face, the friend played by Kathleen Quinlan, the entire time she is just so into watching this fight and laughing at them. (laughs) And then I thought to myself, wow, Lori is giving me massive Princess Leia vibes in this scene. And so now every time I rewatch it, I love her more and more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially like Empire Princess Leia. (laughs) I bet you she could have been a fine Princess Leia. 
Ooh. I think so. She has some feistiness. Mm-hmm. I I think she could have been like the understudy for Carrie Fisher. Like. <laughs> That would have been like what six Step years in, later. They're probably about the same height and stuff. Yeah. Right? Well, and everything I've seen Cindy Williams in, she's always it, it's like this character. Like she's the bubbly young, you know. Well, and Laverne and Shirley, Shirley is a sitcom, so like yeah. I'm picturing like Cindy Williams giving the speech before the evacuation of Hoth, and I'm just like, ooh, could she be the stern leader of the rebellion? And I'm like, it would be interesting to see, though. <laughs> I yeah. would like to see it. <laughs> And yeah, especially when she's like, Squiggy no pops thanks. up in the X, X wing somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Steve asks her to dance, and she goes, "No thanks." Um, and when he tries to pull her onto the floor, first of all, good on her being like, "Absolutely not." But what right. she says is, "Get your cooties off me," <laughs> which kind of undermines the seriousness a little. And then um, when they cut back to them, this is the most perfect encapsulation i've ever seen of the fact that like fights escalate so outrageously quickly in front of another like she just goes immediately to like slug me scar my face and it's just like what what do you think is happening here right but, but yes when you're fighting with a significant other at least in my it's like you do say them like you just immediately jump to the nuclear option yeah they're uh i'm glad she sticks up for herself because <laughs> he it's not very considerate of her feelings in most of this movie. <laughs> oh my god. At all. No. It's one of those weird, like, how are you both here? How are you still speaking to him? But she's, boy howdy, she's going for it because they didn't break up. They, I, uh. <laughs> yeah, Steve's making some, Steve, Steve wants it both ways. He wants to have the big night before he goes off to college with her and and then nothing until like what? Yeah. Why? Yeah. He's just selfish. Like he's mm. a senior. I don't know. <laughs> he's he's a young guy. So, he just yeah. thinks he's too cool for school. It is true. As far as her part of it goes, does she I don't know the movie that well even though I've seen it twice, but does does she have any any threat or or like does he have any other prospects at the very moment? I mean, obviously he's going off to college, so there would be that. But but the very moment, yeah. like, is there much of a threat to her for her to stick around? She's is like a she catch <laughs> right? I mean, for her to not break it off immediately, like she could just be like, well, you know, he's Steve, he's trying something, it's not going to work out. That's fine, you know. <laughs> and if he keeps pushing, then maybe we'll break it off then. But for now, we're just still hanging out. Maybe she thinks she can change his mind. And things all change. She's also still processing. Like, yeah. all of this happens in one night. But the, he doesn't have any anybody on the side that he's, like, he's still kind of gunning for her, even though he's said he's no. not gunning for her so much anymore. <laughs> That's but why is, it's but so But is weird. he? But is he? In some ways, it's kind of like he doesn't want to go all the way with breaking it off with her. He's, he's he, kind of have cause he it too. Wants, he wants to be open for somebody at college. Yeah. Or lots of somebody's, but he's college. not there yet. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not defending him at all. I'm just saying, like, right. like she's probably just like, okay, like you said, she's still processing, but she's like, okay, tonight's still happening. Like she didn't completely kick him out of her life immediately because who else is he going to go with right now? Or you know, I mean, she she can still maybe get what she wants. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, I will say. Um, I assume if you're listening to a podcast deep dive analyzing movie, you've probably watched it all to the way to the end. I remember even as a kid, 
like late teenager sort of thing, being like, why does she get back together with him? (laughs) Like, why doesn't she just keep hitting him and running away? Like, I mean, obviously, Falfa is not the answer to her problems, but yeah, Lori, there are others. It's okay. (laughs) Right, right. And I don't know, I I guess that can take you back to the era and Mm. just the mindset of young people at that time and possibly girls too, you know. That's true. The focus was a lot on getting married and, you know, if you didn't, I don't know, things were shifting during that time, but, you know, it was still on getting married and... I'm glad you said that because I am now looking up to make sure that I can find it a Twitter meme that's going around now that by the time this airs, will probably be old, but I will share it on our social media, which is from a high school yearbook, probably around this era, well, maybe 50s, and it's three women. She she blacked out like their full names, so it's just their nicknames. You know, it's like Mary and Pat. It, it's fine. It's not identifiable. If I remember correctly, there are little quotes underneath and Mary's like, I plan to spend the rest of my life making Bob as happy as possible. And then another one's is like, my dream is to get married. What else would I do? And then Pat says, if I knew where I was going to die, I would simply never go to that place. (laughs) And then that's and like all the other girls have all these listings and home at club and, you know, president of this and cheerleader. And Pat's is like, honor society. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so, so several women maybe who love other women that I follow on Twitter share that and we're like, Pat was ahead of her time. <laughs> like, we want that energy. So yeah, Lori's just really embracing it. I really kind of want the uh, expanded universe side comic of Peg and her boyfriend here. Um, and I love how I keep calling her Peg as if I had picked up that that was her name before I started researching for this podcast. <laughs> Because he says, Peg, I think we should dance now. (laughs) They start fighting. And she's like, absolutely not. I want to watch this. Right. And I didn't realize till just right now watching it through. Does Lori dance with Peg's boyfriend just because Peg's laughing? Because when she turns around and like sees that Peg's kind of kind of smiling, laughing, she kind of gives her yeah. a look, a smirk, and then takes her boyfriend and yes! says, "Let's go dance." And like... there's that perfect moment on Peg's face. She's like, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> but then when she says, "Joe, college strikes out," and then like her trying to repress the laugh just <laughs> slays me every time. It's so good. Yeah, it's funny. That almost, after she says that and kind of smirks before the scene cuts, like that almost has, it has a very natural look, but almost like maybe she screwed up the line and kind of reacted to it before the, before they cut, you know? Mm. I mean, that I'm not saying that's what happened, but that it yeah. kind of has that natural look of like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. And this was, I mean, she was a kid doing this, so I... I've always been very impressed by that. But yeah, especially now that I have really listened to that exchange, because I always knew she was like, oh, no, I want to watch the fight or like it's getting really good. But like really taking note of he sees their two friends are fighting. So he's like, we need to get away from this. And she's like, absolutely not. Please make me popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I guess Lori's dancing with Eddie and we see Kurt walking down the hallway alone. I've done this. I relate to. 
Or I would <laughs> I would rather be there than at the dance. I'm walking down the hallway alone. Yeah. Yep. See, I was gonna say about the um trying the combinations on like see if you know your old locker combination still works. Like mm-hmm. I know I've done that before. And probably not after I graduated, but you know, when you're you move to a different grade and mm-hmm. you know, happen to go through the hallway like, oh, I just wonder if it's still the same old locker combination or whatever on here. I've done that before. Not that that's a big story, I'm just saying. No, I love it. It seemed familiar to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember um, my last name, Steele. There was a boy named Kevin Sue. Our lockers were next to each other since the time we were 11. And I remember when we would come back from vacation, we would have that moment of truth where you go. And he was the one who's like, Tierney, just put your hand on the dial and you'll remember your locker combination. (laughs) Because we would always get back from vacation and not remember like what the numbers were. And he's the one that taught me like, just put your hand on it and just start turning it and you'll (laughs) you'll remember. (laughs) See, that's that that actually works for me because I was going to say like I. I never, I mean, when I had the locker, I would remember the combination, but like, you know, people that remember, oh, I remember my junior year combination. I don't remember the numbers that way. But yeah, if I were to, it's the experience thing. If I were to go back and like try it, then I would probably have a better chance of remembering it that way. But to just blurt out 17, 28, like I I don't know. Yeah, no. We used to, some of us, like, because, you know, you only have four minutes in between class. And when you've got to get from, you know, out of your class and from one end to the other and heaven forbid you have to go to the bathroom, we'd set our combination. So all you had to do was turn it, you know, you set it through the first two numbers or whatever. So all you had to do was turn it one more time to the proper number and then your locker would open and you didn't have to mess with all that. So it was super annoying when people would come along and just like run their hands along oh, those things and like mess them all up. Yeah. And because I didn't really have a lot of stuff in my locker people could steal, like my books, my coat. Like, you know, it wasn't yeah. wasn't that but much. But it messes you up. <laughs> yeah. So that would mess you up. You know, and you'd see people every once in a while if you take the hall pass to go to the bathroom or something and you might see someone just like out in the hallway who's just dawdling with their hall pass, mm-hmm. just like turning combinations. <laughs> just like oh. just like, oh, no, it's good. Take me an extra minute. <laughs> we didn't always have the built-in locks. We had the dangling combination locks. Mm-hmm. And so a big thing was in an empty hallway to just run your hand along. And it was so loud and obnoxious, but it was one of the <laughs> best noises. <laughs> yeah. So going back to the lock preparation thing. Yeah. I'm from an efficiency standpoint. I'm no, trying I get to, it. I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm figure really out how that's going with this. Because that means in your four minutes of the previous time, you have to spend that time dialing in the two numbers right. and then come back to it. I can't say that that made any sense, okay, but okay. it's what I did. <laughs> I guess if I guess if you had a moment where you didn't have to go to the bathroom, you could have a you little extra what? time. You know what? Maybe, maybe. And sandbag yeah, it for the next A present time. from past yeah. Tabitha to future sure. Tabitha. Thinking like back on it, maybe it was that I didn't do it for every class but maybe it was certain ones like especially at the end of the day when you're going and you've got to get all the way down to the bus like that's a long hike and you don't have a lot of time so like in times like that so maybe there were certain times that i had to prep that for the next one i'll go with that or if there was time you'd prep it for the next one but that's that's a good catch and it's possible i just did that because i was lazy (laughs) and i'm just now realizing how lazy i was I mean, honestly, of all the things we did as teenagers that now looking back are like, was that the best idea? I feel like that's a perfectly reasonable one. 
I feel like that that's like a life hack on a not so reputable site of like <laughs> like this doesn't actually save you any time like in the long run. <laughs> but it's not really a life it's hack. It's like just, feels like you do. <laughs> Pinterest, Pinterest and uh it's a knockoff Pinterest yeah. site. <laughs> A life hack. If you unfold the folding chair first, then you can sit in it. That's not a life hack. That's just how it works. <laughs> the only other note I had for this section was that about halfway through, so this little scene we have is just under two minutes. And right about halfway through, you see a girl dancing in the crowd. And I just want to say for people who followed me through A League of Their Own, it looks like Marla Hooch dancing and I love it. And I will now die for her. <laughs> about where is it? Uh, right minute? around mi- uh, 102, 103, she just has the right hair and she looks like she's concentrating. Now, what she's probably doing is looking at like the person directing them, but she just looks so awkward. And I immediately thought of Marla Hooch. And of course, it made me love her because I must. <laughs> it's right before they cut <laughs> yeah. back um, to Laurie and Steve fighting. And you yeah, can just see I can she's see that. really, all she's doing is like shaking her hips a little bit, but you can tell she's concentrating on it so bad. <laughs> and I love her for it. <laughs> Some of those kids out there are pretty good. Yeah, I I love, um, I already mentioned it. In the <laughs> yeah, commentary. Just, just keeps playing that clip over and over again. I'm sorry. I'm like, start to laugh. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> George Lucas talks about this scene as if he were the oldest man in the world and all these kids were damn hippies that he had to teach how to dance. Like George is actually out there teaching everyone how to do these dances. But a lot of them are like actual high school. They basically went to a high school and were like, give us your drama club. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And you can definitely tell like they emphasize which ones are be- like they'll kind of have a couple that are really good in the forefront and then like i said a bunch of them are doing what i would do which is just like just shake your hips a little bit right it's fine (laughs) dance like your parents kids you can do this (laughs) there we go you have it in you i promise yeah so um slightly off topic for this minute or is it depends on your answer did you guys have any favorite characters or storylines that just really made your day in this movie? That made my Because you don't get to see many people. <laughs> I suddenly blinked on everybody's names. But the guy the guy who's just driving around and then ends up with the, the younger sister. Yes, John Milner. Yeah, I should remember that because you already said it That's okay. multiple times. I was pleased with his storyline because my first time watching this, you know, I was an adult, like not much younger than I am right now. So... When it first came around, and I just didn't know, I didn't know where they were going with some of these characters, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh man, I really hope this like he doesn't turn into like some creepy kid or something that he's he ends up like kind of hitting on this young girl or something." And then it turned into kind of like a older brother, younger sister thing. I was like, "Oh okay, okay, I like this guy. Like he's it, yeah. you know, it wasn't like his wasn't what he was going out for, but he just kind of rolled with it, and, <laughs> and it's like okay." And in the end, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least we got that. I know. Wasn't that depressing? Yeah. I like John. Um, I did like John. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed a few of the different, you know, a few different people. I enjoyed John. I enjoyed some of the adventures and shenanigans that um, Richard Dreyfus went on. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Probably uh, the one thing, this is like a, I don't even know if anybody out there, anybody else knows this movie, but the head of the pharaohs. 
I was like, he looks so familiar. I know I've seen him in something. And there was this movie that we recorded off TV that we used to watch all the time when I was growing up um, called uh, A Smoky Mountain Christmas. And it was Dolly Parton. And he was in that movie. He was the sheriff. And he was like a character in that movie that he was in there a lot. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I recognize him. I know him. That was actually like a... I'll I'll just say that at, at this point that we're recording, we've been married for 22 years. Yeah. I've never seen that, the Smoky Mountain thing, <laughs> but I've heard about it so much. Yeah, because you'd hate it. You'd be like, oh, my goodness, I don't even like this movie. But, um, well, but I yeah. Could, I could at least fall asleep. He's I'm like married to this mountain witch woman or it's his ex-husband or his ex-wife. and But he's fallen in love with Dolly Parton and she doesn't want anything to do with As him. You do. And then the jealous <laughs> witch wife gets angry and casts a spell on her. It's kind of like a Smoky Mountain Snow White, actually. Because at that point, Dolly Parton's like living in a cabin with some orphans that were already like had taken over her cabin. It's kind of crazy, but I grew up watching it all the time. (laughs) I'm so excited for you eventually to cave and do a Christmas special podcast on this. Yeah. It sounds amazing. People will be like, what is this? I'm I'm not watching that movie. But um, yeah, that was good. So that was just kind of like a little deep dive. Hey. I recognize him. That's kind of fun to see him younger because he's older when it gets to the Dolly Parton movie. Yeah. And they're all children in this film. Right. Right. So, yeah, that was fun. Just seeing, you know, so many, like I said before, so many actors and actresses and just when they were younger, that was fun. Because I don't think that I had seen Cindy Williams uh, in anything younger than Laverne and Shirley. And I watched Laverne and Shirley a lot when I was younger. So that was fun to see her in something, something younger. I'm so glad because I realized as I was prepping for this, I was like, oh, yeah, Laverne and Shirley. And it's like, have I ever watched a whole episode or do I just have the theme song (laughs) memorized? (laughs) Like, like everyone knows the theme song. Then I had to think, I had to really think about it. It's like, I don't know that I've ever watched a whole episode. So I know. I used to watch it a lot when I was younger. And probably if I watched it now, I'd be like, Oh my goodness, I didn't understand half of the show. You know, that thing when you're a kid, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, wow. You know, I'm surprised my parents let me watch that kind of a thing. But <laughs> Squiggy's a genius. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap up this scene and move on to a new song, a new scene with Kurt in this hallway. Um, but that is for another day. Um, I don't know why I'm like transitioning to old show sign offs. That's not going to work here. Um, I will say I did want to, since it is right before a weekend, I will say if you are missing American Graffiti over the weekend, we have social media. But of course, we have a Facebook group called Mel's Listeners Drive-In. So you can join there and talk with friends. We talk cars, music. This movie, Lucas, everything and anywhere in between. And then if you're looking for us on Twitter or Instagram, look for the pod- our parent podcast series is VCR Privileges, all one word. It's just easier than making a new handle every season <laughs> when we do a different movie. So yeah, if you check out VCR Privileges, you'll also find us on those two websites. And I wanted to give you guys a chance to plug anything you're working on because I miss listening to you guys. Well, I think I've been doing more work plugging than I have been working on the <laughs> podcast, but uh, UHS 62nd is is always in the air. And uh, I, I don't think we have we have any plans to abandon it, but we just haven't got back to it yet. 
but we will. I mean, we we still have stuff that we haven't even released, so it's still there. Like it exists. We there just uh, we'll just get back to it someday. <laughs> someday you will. I promise. <laughs> yeah. And that, of course, is going over the movie UHF, sixty-two seconds at a time. And if you, like me, don't know about the movie UHF, it is not about wrestling. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there's there's like three seconds of it that are about wrestling, so. Yes, but, but apparently uh, those three seconds very much confused me before I saw the film. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is much better than what I was expecting. Oh, that's, that's good. That's good to hear. <laughs> and I don't have my own podca- podcast. I'm just a friend of Movies by Minutes folks and have a good time guesting on different podcasts. And that's you all I have. You live the dream. <laughs> you just go and guest it and you is. don't have to edit or promote oh or anything like that. <laughs> There's times when I'm like, oh, man, it'd be so fun to do, you know, a podcast on this. And for a while, I was wanting to do Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures with Rachel Mummer. And uh, I'm just like, no, I just I don't have you know, I've seen behind the curtain. <laughs> like, I, I don't have time to edit. Like, I don't have time for that. But it would be fun. Yeah. I feel like your guys' uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is like in the old days when the Godfather Minute was coming but hadn't started yet. <laughs> and it was like, is it is it ever really happening? Who's behind this? This mysterious show that we know nothing about. And uh, listeners, uh, if you haven't checked it out, The Godfather Minute is a great time hosted by the brothers Andy and Alex Robinson. And if you follow Movies by Minutes podcast, the name Alex Robinson is probably ringing a couple bells right now. <laughs> and they have a very attractive release schedule once a week. Uh, I know. However, they will be covering it forever, and we will be done with American Graffiti by Labor Day. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Well, you know, I always love having you on a podcast or getting to guest with you, Tabitha, so hopefully we will get to talk more soon. Yes. And uh, I think we've spoiled enough of the ending of the movie, so I I wonder if these two crazy kids will work it out. I'm like, we are <laughs> and then they all die. <laughs> He's really fast, isn't he?